and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 212. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hello there. Hello, hello listener, viewer. Viewer, listener, e pluribum. And hello, patrons. Thank you. you. An extra hello. <laughs> we actually have a few at this point, and Tom used to be a physical patron. I think mm. he called it back in 2019, yeah. where he nice just gave one. us some cash. I don't think he's a real one yet, but... I'll still give him a shout out. He's back from Florida. Yes, so he is. The neighbor making noise is back. And we have Jana with us. And you also brought somebody else. Yes, I brought Lucifer, my cat. He's such an adorable boy. See you. I would highly recommend if you were on the audio version, just go ahead and close it and open the video version from YouTube, episode 212. Oh, good God. It's fine. I'm trying to see if I can get him to start purring. This is well worth it. No, well, he's, he didn't want to make any noise. He usually purrs on command, but he's just very excited. He's got oh, a new yeah. place. He really likes the bathroom here. He, he loves your bathroom. He is, I, I wasn't lying when I said he's one stone. He's 14 pounds, and he's not fat. Like, he's just big. He's chonky. I mean, like, the he's size of his paws and his skull. <laughs> is he's like, just a big-ass dude. He's just a huge <laughs> kitty. I love him. I think he's part Maine Coon. I think so, too. No coloration, but he's definitely the size of a, a coon. He's got a little shorter fur, which I like. Yeah, it's really nice. The, the, the shortness of his fur is really nice. This is, like, he's technically a long hair, but I'm like, man, barely. Yeah. He's definitely a medium he's hair. He's a medium yeah. hair. Yeah, his name's Lucifer after the cat and Cinderella. We did not come up with that name ourselves. No, I wanted to name him Herschel, but it did not stick. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Herschel's own mayonnaise or something. <laughs> I could just see him doing that. Anyway, before we get into topics, uh, briefly, uh, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. On this content support website, you will find two open-ended levels that you, the content consumer, can give to us, the content producer, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. It just is a way for you to directly, without any massive fees, uh, buy us a beer, essentially. And uh, lets you submit topics for the show. If you have a Discord account, it will automatically add you to our Discord, which is getting better and better all the time. I'm not just saying that, but it's the only one that I spend time in. Um, yeah, patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a Heineken. Is it skunked? It's Heineken, you can't tell. Okay, cool. I have a Tallboy Nordeast, which was the last one, but uh, our sound man, Corey, just came back with a large load of beer yeah i don't see any tall boys i or i see uh cores light and i see stellar trois and i see um oh those are tall boys okay. tall's boy and then i also see a uh castle danger cream ale which is yep that is saucy one of the best beers in minnesota it is and they're going through their what their growler shit we should probably talk about that at some point but it's not really a car topic Oh, we talk about beer every now and then. True. How about this? Let's talk about next episode so our listeners will listen in a week from Perfect. now. Perfect. Yeah, that, that'll work for me. Um, all right. Uh, leading Let's right into in. topics. Yeah. So since we last recorded, April Fool's Day has come and gone. Yes, it did. And not only did that happen, the day that comes before April Fool's Day, which has no significance for anyone in the entire world except for Volkswagen, apparently, passed as well. <laughs> and on that day, yes, the day before April Fool's Day, they posted that they were changing their U.S. name to Volkswagen, V-O-L-T-S-W-A-G-E-N. Yeah. Officially on their website. Yeah. Couldn't find anything contradicting it. And on April Fool's Day, they said, ha J.K., I'm like, wow. Really? Yeah. So what happened here was um, there's an intern that was in charge, and they mixed up 
the um, dateline okay. between Germany and the United States. So trying to have that post oh, first thing I in see. the morning on April Fool's Day, but they had the intern do it. That didn't work. Well, it created a huge problem because now the SEC is looking into them for uh, <laughs> for, for manipulating their stock because they had like a huge stock crash like when that happened. <laughs> Like now, now they're in actual legal trouble. It's pretty good. Funny. Like good. I, first time I heard about this was on Marketplace on April Fools. I'm like, no. And I like looked. I'm like, oh my god. Scott sent me the link. I'm like, this is on Volkswagen's actual site. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, maybe it's an IHOB thing, you know, where they rebranded for a day or two as International House of Burgers. Oh, gross. Just to try to get some notoriety. But either way. I, I wanted to talk about it when I thought it was real. Now that I know it's a sham, I'm just like, well, fuck you. That's my one F-bomb. Just going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> I'm going to use it right now. So for, right then and there. For Japanese nostalgia car, our April Fool's thing was uh, that Toyota makes NFTs for all their classic designs. Okay. <laughs> like that, that, that was the whole thing. It's like you can spend like a million dollars on a Camry. <laughs> but... I also had some other ones that, uh, just because, like, April Fool's Day snuck up on us. Did you yourself do one? Uh, Well, no, I was going to, uh, but it just snuck up on us too fast. Sure. So my two ideas were either the new Z car gets a 2 plus 2 variant based off the highly sought-after S30 2 plus 2, which is, like, the least desirable Japanese car in history. And one of the biggest, like... Beautiful versions of a two-door car and, like, worst adaptation of a two-plus Perfect. It's really bad. (laughs) Um, And then Ben's like, that will take Photoshop skills I don't have. And I'm like, I have them, but I do not have time. Uh, I said, how about this? Why don't we go off of Volkswagen and say that Mitsubishi is changing their name to Mitsubishi, and they're pledging to turbocharge all of their models. And he's like, I would do that if I wasn't 45 minutes into making the NFT one. Ah. (laughs) All right. So oh, bad how, timing. Yeah, it's all bad timing. But the NFT one's still pretty funny because Ben actually like went to some effort to make it look like it was a real thing. Sure. And that it we pays always dividends. Do, we always do our fake links and stuff. It's really funny. <laughs> I did for April Fools. I made a fake bring a trailer ad yes, you did. for my 850, so, which was so good apparently that it fooled you. It did because <clears throat> there was a red 850 that was modified that yep. went live, yep. and I, like when I saw it on the side thing. I saw your ad, I'm like, yeah, that's a joke. And I actually said, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and then I clicked on it, and after, as I clicked on it after I texted you. I'm like, oh, it's got an M badge on it and coilovers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, all right, so. I watched no. that one. That one sold for thirty two grand, and it was in worse condition. Yes, it was. I saw the that same from mileage. I'm the like, first picture, I'm like, yeah, that car is kind of. It was a little clapped, but still, I mean, nice. What you doing, Lucy? Hey, buddy. Lucy's just exploring. He wants to hang out and He's see what's going on. But no, I actually took... Portions of a a, a past ninety two eight fifty i that had sold yeah for like the, the caption and everything I took the sidebar from my black M three ad because mm-hmm. it actually had my username and stuff like that on it and then I tried to find the font which wasn't even that close for the actual you body could, you should text me because I would have totally just like <laughs> taken one of my active listings and real quick changed the the title to be yours <laughs> screenshot it and sent it over to you and it would have been perfect. <laughs> I think I did this on the 31st, and then I had gotten vaccinated that day, too, and I was oh. just gone on April Fool's Day. Like, I was in bed all day. I've been actively trying to get vaccinated, and because I'm a healthy white male yeah, in his early 30s that works sucks. from home, I cannot 
I lucked out. Had I'm I... the last person on earth that gets vaccinated. Yeah, I, I was scheduled to get it in June or July, and coworkers like, hey, so if you come to this address right now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm there. Yeah. So I got that done with. It was, like I said, I was really out of it the next day, but I'm happy I finally got my little card. That's I made good. it to the other side. You, you should get that little, uh, the fifth element uh, card. The multi-pass case. thing. Yeah, that is cool. Case. But I'd have to paint it. Because, no. like, that was plain white, and the multi-pass is gray with, like, a little yellow circle in it. Oh, that's a good point. But it would be fucking bad. It'd be really good. It'd be really funny. Especially if you have to start carrying it around, you don't want the card if to get all beat If I had a 3D up. printer, man, I would print the STL, but I don't. I thought you had one. I did. I gave it to a coworker. Why'd you do that? I couldn't make it work properly with my STLs. It would do its own demo files fine, but it wouldn't run mine. So the things you want to make. The things, yeah, that I actually bought it for, couldn't do it. It would just immediately prep the head, and then it would just jam it into the build platform. We were, me and Jan were actually at a um, this store called Dreamer's Vault, which is like a nerd store for like Magic the Gathering and Pokemon okay. and stuff yeah. and comic books. Like an old Shinders? Yeah, kind of, but like cooler. Um, and Jan got like a giant like stuffed D20 dice. Okay. Um but uh, they had a, a 3D printed dice tower that was for sale there. It was really rad. And like, if it wasn't stupidly expensive, it was like 50 bucks. Right? Ooh. I'm like, it's really cool. And there's a lot of detail put into it. And like, they use like a really nice like metallic uh, medium like for the plastic. So it is like really shiny and cool looking. But just one of those things, right? it, was, it was a stupid purchase. I'm like, I'm not even playing D&D right now because of the virus. So like, I, I just, it wouldn't make sense to buy right now. Yeah. But, if I do start an you R&D gotta shop with campaign, your heart. yeah. If I do an D and D campaign, I will absolutely be buying a three D printed <laughs> dice tower, and it looks like a giant castle. Like it looks like Castle Grayskull. It's pretty rad. When <laughs> I have money again someday, maybe after paying taxes and everything, I, I do plan to buy a three D printer again, like a big one, so I can yeah. actually like do prototype flanges and stuff like that. But there, there are so many, and it's so hard to know what to buy. Yeah, because the was... software matters more than the actual printer. Yeah, and some of the printers are always suck, and some are fine. So I've heard, like, the Ender series printers are really good, and I've heard, like, Ultimakers are good. So, I don't know. If you guys are listening right now, please go to the Carbitrage Facebook and tell me what to buy. I would love to have, like, a 12-inch cube build volume, at least. Yeah, that'd be great. So, anyway. So, I want to talk about uh, photos people take of their cars. Okay. So, I'm sure you, everybody's seen this photo where somebody takes a photo of their car, and they have, like, all the doors and the hood and the trunk open. Oh, yeah. What the hell is with people doing that? <laughs> I think that's, I don't want to always, oh, hey, buddy. I don't want to always point the finger at boomers, but that's one of those things where, like, they got their ladder out of the garage, they parked their Camaro in the driveway. And they open everything. They open everything, and then they take, like, a top-down picture with their Polaroid. Yeah, it, well, it's like, I, I think, like, they must have done that back in the 60s. Like, look at all this. I feel like it's an old have. car magazine shot or something It is, like that. And, but, I mean, and that makes <laughs> sense, like, an old car magazine where it's like, I want to see how this trunk opens up. Or it's like every car in the world's trunk opens up the same. It does not matter anymore. It's a trunk. It's a trunk. Newsflash. Yeah. Also, it's a it's a collector car. Like nobody's gonna put anything in the trunk. So um, I wish there was a cat here all the time. I don't know. He's pretty great. I can just bring him. Um, but such a good boy. He, he loves being new places. So <laughs> I, can tell. I can totally just bring him places. <laughs> um, but uh, like at a Green Street, I'd have these, I've had like several listings where people have had one reasonable exterior photo, and every other exterior photo, photo, they have the doors open. Okay. And I'm like, nope, you got to reshoot your whole car. I'll see you in a week. Like, <laughs> it just, like, slows down my entire life. <laughs> but it's so irritating for that, because, like, nobody asks for those photos ever. Nobody's ever wanted a photo with every door open. No, it's like, maybe 
eight to ten exterior <laughs> surround photos, like a roof photo, underbody, and interior. Like I tell I tell people for their exterior photos, step back about ten feet from your car, start at the front of the car, point your camera at it, click, walk a couple of feet. And then walk all the way around the perimeter of the car like a clock, yeah. taking snaps every couple of paces. Yep. And then if you have several similar photos, I would rather have to sift through a bunch of similar photos than have three photos where yeah. two of them have the doors open and now it slows down everybody's life. And then like And who thinks it looks good? Like i It doesn't look good, but like I my theory is this is my theory. Is it a theory or a hypothesis? It's a theory because I haven't okay. been able to test it. Okay. Um, my theory <laughs> I is appreciate the response. Yes, my theory is that <laughs> people do it to show that everything works. Like, yes, I do. In fact, have opening doors. Look at these dome lights. My, they don't even do that. Oh. They just open the doors, <laughs> and it's like the only time that an every door trunk lid and hood like photo is open is if it's like a late '80s Volkswagen where they had like a legitimate problem with their door handles breaking. Okay. Like, that is the only time. Or like a 92 Camry. Well, because the Camry, you can see it from the outside. With the True. Volkswagen, True. it's the internal box okay. for the latch that yeah. breaks. So it's like, yeah, okay, I can get that. Like, maybe the right rear door doesn't open. Maybe the driver's door just swings open when you're driving. Right, but you could do that in your walk-around video. Yeah, but you don't need to do that, like, in your main list. And also, I'm, I'm not ever in my life going to ever put one of those as one of the lead photos. Not a chance. No. And people ask for that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They want doors open photos as this. Okay. Yeah, I also get uh, people that, like, I had a guy put up a fight about saying that the wheels are original to the car. I'm like, dude. For what car? It's good. Like an 83 RX-7. Okay. Like, dude, it doesn't matter if the wheels are original. (laughs) Yeah. Just things like that. Like, it's it's almost things where it's like. It matters so much to somebody, but, like, it literally doesn't. Like, trust me. Like, it doesn't matter. I I do this as a living. Like, Like, I. Like following my lead, like it's in my best interest to like have your car do well, and I do this literally every day. Mm-hmm. So I I know what I'm doing here. Have you seen a '78 uh, Porsche 924 come across your dock yet? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> but once it does, hopefully I get it. Hopefully yeah, I get that one. I was gonna say that one's just done. So well, actually, I love riding like my favorite car is a rider, like stock Porsches. I love riding. This one doesn't stock, but it's any, a known any, ja- any Jag. I love riding because they're just the best. Like especially if it's like if it's a post nineteen seventy eight Jag, like I will write all of them because they all have the same transmission. They all have the same like interior. They're very simple. They have no options. They're great. Um, <laughs> they're never modified ever because it's a Jag. Like I had one that was modified. I go what? Like I put like coilovers on it, like. Like, actually, very nice, like, Bilstein coilovers. Like, How the hell is that made for that? It, it was a, uh, for a later model hmm. um, XJ from, okay. like, the late 90s. Um, Weird. Yeah, he had, like, he had done coilovers and sway bars, and otherwise left it really stock. It was an XJR, that's what it was. Oh, cool. But it was actually, like, a very cool car. I was really happy to write that one, because I'm like, this is, like, exactly what I would do if I owned a Jag. Like, yeah, terrible vehicle, but, like, I appreciate that. Like, this is, like, <laughs> I love that a lot. That's actually a ton of buddies over at um the stinky nuggets meet as i kind of want to get a jag because i know they use th400s and i want to build one for a drag car i think it'd be a really funny drag car it's like an 80s jaguar xj ls that like a built th400 so it can actually put down power posi rear end and it'd be hilarious yeah but they have that weird like u-joint 
independent rear suspension crap. It's pretty strong. But... It, it is. Uh, they do have the higher torque ones. If you use the, the 12-cylinder. Yeah, XJS. Re- yeah, the XJS. <laughs> um, or even the XKV12. The XKV12? X, XK? What was their, the, the um, 70s two-door? The that's, one that, that's an XJS, isn't it? No. Yeah. It's XK. No, X, XK. That's XK. No, XK started in 96. 95? No, I'm pretty sure because they had the XKR. Well, they, they had a sedan X, and a big two-door. The XJS yeah, the big, was the, big the two-door, two-door the, but the big sedan was offered at the V12, too. No, the sedan was the XJ. XJ, yes. Yeah. XJS was the V12 coupe. Maybe. But anyway, so... Uh, Either way, yes. They offer the V12 in both of those. They, those have the bit, the better rear end. There's an optional yeah. limit. It's a little differential if you got the XJS from the late 80s. Cool. So, yeah. Now, that's what the Dragoir is, and it's got the V12 rear end. And it, yeah. They and haven't I haven't popped that yet. I would love to do that with just a normal-looking XJ. Like, even better, it'd be like an XJ Majestic, which is like a super nice-looking one. Not with a like Vandenplan? A, no, it, it's better than a Vandenplan. Because it's got... Uh, it's got like, these headlight covers that like make the round oh, headlights I hate look square. Those. No, they actually look really cool. If you look up, uh, just go on to Branch Rail real, real quick and type in uh, oh, shit, X, Jaguar did... XJ. Oh fuck! Oh, you did the thing. I said a second F bomb doing this. Um, <sighs> I guess I can't swear now. Shoot. Just uh, do Control T. N- yeah, I'm doing it here. And then, uh, yeah, just type in Jaguar XJ. It'll be one. Like, it, it just closed last. The week. internet it's... is so so slow. This is not worth it. But the um, the XJ Majestic, they actually did a had a red car like a like a maroon like super like nice soft open pile carpet interior with uh, like lambs wool floor mats and like cr- like oatmeal leather seats with red uh, piping on them. They are just ten it. out of ten. Maybe. Yeah, you did. That's so that's the XJ page. And that's actually the car. So those are the headlight covers I love. I don't like those. So it's got the cool headlight covers. It's got the color-matched wheels. It's got the Vandenpla uh, grill. fluted grille. Yep. yep. It, it's a really dope car. So I'd like to do that with an LS swap. Would be. Yeah, I mean, this is like, if you ever want to do a small block Chevy swap, yeah, like you, just, you would be so, you would be doing yourself a disservice not using an old Jaguar X. Yeah, and then also, so like all the drag strips in Minnesota are like way the hell out there. So I want something to be comfortable to drive in. Oh, this is a four-speed auto. Is that a 700R? Yeah. Ugh. Well, that's that's I want them because they're actually like... No, 700Rs are 4L60s. No, no, it's a 4L80. Not an XJ6. No way. Yeah, no, because they only did one transmission. I, it's would, a t- it's a, I would be shocked. I'm not going to do a research on the so podcast. The, but... the four-speed, if I'm not mistaken, it's a three-speed with an overdrive gear. Like, like an external overdrive added on to no, it? No, I, 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 from what I understand, that's just an overdrive gear. That's all I know. I don't I didn't actually look into it, but I do know it's a TH400 that's in these. Because uh, they just use the one transmission. And it has special bell housing. So, like, you have to actually get a GM bell housing, but everything bolts up, like, with no effort. So that's how I want one. Hmm. I, I knew that was the case with the V12 cars, but that surprises me to no end, especially with a four-speed um and out of a later car nope that's a zf4 hp22 so so that's all right so <clears throat> that's also out of the 3.6 yeah but it's an 89 so yeah but the three the three six was a super low displacement one that was like the fuel the fuel miser but there's no way they offered two different four speed autos in an xj6 
I'm telling you they did. Because they also at they also had the four two V uh inline six as well. The three six was like the terrible engine that nobody wanted. It was a completely different architecture. Wasn't wait, what engine was it? It wasn't the XK? So they had two inline sixes. They had the three six, which was like for God, fuel economy and crap. And then they actually had the four two. Okay. So yeah, they're really cool cars. And yeah, you, so you can get them with the GM transmission. You just don't want to get the terrible transmission. But anyway, hmm. I think it'd be a perfect drag platform because if you get one where like the air conditioning everything works in it, you got the nice leather seats, you got the nice interior, all the sound deadening in it. I mean, with a big V8 with the extra couple of pounds won't matter. Hmm. It'd be a whole. It'd be a perfect car. It'd be absolutely hilarious. Well, the looking. engines are certainly plenty cheap. Yeah. The small blocks that is. The small blocks are cheap. Not the, the transmissions. <laughs> the transmissions just bolt up. We just you, won't talk about. That. Yeah. No. <laughs> the transmissions. Um, <laughs> since Jag uses a different case, you have to actually use a GM transmission. But unlike other cars, everything just bolts up. You can even keep the J gate shifter on it too, which I think is hilarious. Okay, so it uses a Ford C4 in the 4.2 cars, and the other ones use a 4HP 24ZF, and that went forward. Okay, so <clears throat> it was right before that one then. Hey, so it was it was probably the pre-facelift 80s cars that, that had it. Yeah, this is 82 to 85. It's a C4. Yeah. Oh, my God. that's We'll have to do research on this. It's, it's interesting, but not right now. Yeah, but I will <laughs> tell you for a fact that o- o- over... Two thirds of Jags I've written have had the TH four hundred. Oh yeah, most of them are V uh, twelves, aren't they? No, no, most of them are sixes. Uh, that's really surprising to me. They the earlier ones, I believe, because there was just no other automatic transmission. I think I think that's what it was. But they, I wonder what the cutoff year was. Yeah, I'm not sure what the cutoff year was, but they did use those in the six cylinders, which I think is hilarious. It's a, such an overbuilt transmission. Yeah, like even turbo three fifties were sold on the V eights, and they're identical to a four hundred. Yeah, but anyway, so all right. Look at this. Wait. For an M117. Yeah. A manual conversion kit. Mm-hmm. What's the catch? So I I think I posted about, like, well, I had to move the Blubski to get uh, the Fiat out. And yeah. then Alec posted, a friend locally, who has a M116 450 SLC 3.5 four-speed manual trans. And he's like, I, I turned down the car because it was so far gone. And I didn't want to pay two grand for a, a trans. And he's like, no, I mean, the flywheel bolts on. I'm like, really? So I'm like, well, we just got a new CNC mill at work, so he offered to let me borrow the flywheel, and that just sent me on another Google. Like, I search at least once a year to the ends of the internet to make sure that nobody's done one yet, and I stumbled upon this, where somebody has done one. So I talked to these guys, and not only did they offer, uh, it's a little over $2,000. Worth it. Yeah. That's actually a really fair price. They offered me a 10% off discount. They're like, I would love to plug it on the YouTube channel. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you a discount code. But you anyway. You totally do that. Totally I did. So we ordered it. Excellent. Um, by we, I mean Scott, because I'm broke. Um, but it uses a short shaft Mercedes six-speed out of a C230. Mm-hmm. So I ordered, well, I found one. I haven't bought it yet. But they're like, they're $200 transmissions because C230s don't break and when yeah. they do nobody buys the parts yeah so it's it looks like a, a fairly lightweight getrag six-speed but i'm guessing it's actually a mercedes-benz trans and the guy i talked to is like i've run one of those on my turbo m119 drift car and i haven't broken it yet i'm like perfect. oh perfect should be fine so anyway that's on the way we're supposed it's supposed to ship end of week also turbo m119 drift car sounds hilarious it sounds like the most expensive way to go sideways 
Yeah, I don't know if that's just like an easy thing to find in that country, and like obviously places where LSs don't exist. But like so kangaroos team, so this is Australia. No, this is like Estonia or some bullshit like that. But okay, I guess that makes sense if it's like some weird, like Eastern European country. So I, I bought one with the organic clutch set, which is good up to 350 horsepower, which is about where Blubsky is. I didn't want to use their ceramic six. Pack. I like that they put the little kangaroo logo on the floor. Yep. No, I mean they're super cool guys. When I was talking That's awesome. to him. So I'm just hoping that the six speed fits in the tunnel. And it should, because like it's a pretty dinky little transmission. You should have told him to bring some Estonian beer for us. To well, try. I don't know if you can ship that in the box. Either way, <laughs> now I have this dilemma. Like I have another 722 350 sitting on a pallet in the other unit that I was going to put in Blubsky. And to put the six-speed in, not only do I have to find wherever the clutch pedal went and all of the hydraulics, which I've I would lost totally for Blubsky. I would keep the M117 in it. I'm going to, but like the thing is, do I just like throw that other auto in there so I can use it this season and then do the manual yes, next year? I would do that. Yes. Because I have to make a new drive shaft, I have to make new yeah. mounts, I've got to do all By this shit. By the way, uh, drive shaft, um, proven force. They're, they're good, but yeah. they, they won't touch my shit. I have to use oh, the Noka driveline. Oh, they won't touch two-piece drive shafts. Nobody will. Oh, you have, you're keeping it two-piece? Two yeah. Why don't you make it one-piece? No. It uses flex couplings on both sides. Oh, okay. So it's... I, I've been using the stock rear half 240 and then a modified 560 front half. You, you have fun with that. Um, it's been fine. That's the one part that hasn't broken. <laughs> I just... I want to see Blubsky out more. You should bring it to Wendy's once you have it all done. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's just like, it's, it's Even fluid at this point to put the auto in there, so I'll probably do that. I would do that. And I have, I'm, I'm going to pull the flex plate off and look at it. Because my coworker, the GM coworker, he's like, yeah. I bet your flex plate is cracked. And yeah. I bet that's flexing the torque converter and blowing up the front pump. I'm like, probably. Hmm. So I have another one because I still have just the other case. engine. Yeah. So if it is screwed, we might actually be able to make the auto last. And I don't know. I'm, I have no intention of keeping an auto in that car. He's agreed to finally sign the car over to me. So now that it's going to be mine, I need it to be a manual. I guess, yes. Like badly. Well, also, I mean, I guess now would be a good time for you to swap an auto into it because you've just been doing auto transmission services nonstop for like the last like, week. I can do a Blubsky auto swap in an hour. There you go. Just do that. I'm going to, but. I just don't have the money to put the manual in there right now. That's yeah. essentially it. That's fair. But that, I understand the feeling. That I'm, car I'm, is going to be very cool once it's finally a stick again. It's already very cool. I think even with the automatic. Like, the, like with the automatic, you should bring that to the Wendy's mate because that car is hilarious and they will love it there. Almost everyone loves that car more than I do. Yeah, you, because you can't get off your high horse. It's fine. It, it's, I prefer my other cars. Yeah, but your other cars are, like, good. No, nah, Brexit's not. Brexit sucks. Brexit's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it is very undercooled. It is. I need to just take the intercooler out of it, and then all the problems will be fine. Or just put a bigger radiator into it. No, it has a big radiator. There's just no airflow. The The puller can't keep up. you got to put more fans in it. or There's no room. you got to figure out a way. There's no room. Trust me. There's got to be a way. This doesn't fit. Hmm. The thing I've done is just bad. Yeah, you've done a bad thing. The thing I've done is just poorly. Okay, that's all there is to it. I'm going to undo that. Brexit's going to get a different uh, powertrain at some point, or I'm going to sell it. I wouldn't. Uh, so I don't need three 30s I want to play a game. Okay. Because this is something that's come up from time to time. I've seen several people talk about it, where you have two cars that share a name that are vastly different. Oh, no. So this game is called There Can Only Be One. <laughs> Highlander! Who is the true successor of the name in our very first version of this game? 
will be the Oldsmobile silhouette versus the Lamborghini silhouette. <laughs> I didn't know about the Lamborghini silhouette. So the Lamborghini silhouette, if you click on it, because we know the Oldsmobile silhouette. I'll, I'll, well, that's the Oldsmobile. Yeah, I, I made this as simple as possible. It's yeah, but I'm also daft. Uh, the Lamborghini silhouette. I even got you a high resolution oh, photo. Nice. Oh, yes, that's too high resolution. <laughs> it is too high of a resolution. You're right. That looks like a Yurako. It is in between the Yurako and the Yalpa. Important cat update. He sees a chickadee on the porch and is very excited. I see him. Oh, buddy. Ba- very excited. Oh, he's, he's like chirping at it. Oh, is, you can see him on the video. He's, he's just up. He's just up here. Yes. He does chirp at birds. He re- he replicates their noises. Dude, cat really cackles cute. are adorable. But anyway, so the silhouette was in between the Yurako and the Yalpa, um, and it was available for like two years, and nobody bought it. I was going to say, I've never heard of it, so. Yeah, it was completely the most forgotten Lamborghini. Surprisingly not the cheapest Lamborghini. Okay. The Yurako is cheaper. Well, all of those are non-running at this point, yeah. so. But the Yurako is cheaper because this one is at least more rare. Okay. <laughs> so, it's a V8, rear-wheel drive, manual. It's the most forgettable Lamborghini. Very similar, but not quite the same as the one that Phil Collins drove in Miami Vice. So, God, way to make me not care about something I otherwise did kind of care about. <laughs> I hate Phil Collins. Now, if we go to the other silhouette that everybody knows, the Oldsmobile silhouette, which is once called the Cadillac of minivans. We call it the rattle trap. It's the Cadillac of minivans. Oh, also, the first-gen silhouette. It's first-gen silhouette. We go I was for, thinking of the second-gen. No, that's the first-gen. 3,800 V6. These were, I thought they were 3,400s. 38. Oh. Yep, you can get with 3,800. Hmm. Uh, it has a 4T65. I believe that's correct, yep. Um, transmission. It looks like a Dustbuster. And it has, a, I believe, a notoriously rust-prone rear axle. Yes, it does. <laughs> Horrifically <laughs> rust-prone. Um... However, very nice to find one in decent condition. They came in Europe, diesel and manual. Yeah, not here. My my grandfather bought one of these brand new, and I, I liked it when it was in you know ninety one when it was new. Yeah, but uh, it's uh, it's not a good vehicle. They, any, they didn't they didn't age well. Well, no. neither of these aged well. well. That's true. And neither of them are terribly reliable. And none of them are still running. Yeah, none of them are left. So which one is the real one now? Also, another celebrity endorsement of this car that you don't care about. Uh, this is driven in by John Travolta in the movie Get Smarty, Get Shorty, Get Get Smart, Get Smart. I think hmm. it was a, it was a mafia movie. But anyway, he I he went there to, is a movie called Get Smart. So yeah, Get Smart. Smart. Yeah, and so he was renting a car and he wanted to rent a big black Cadillac, and they uh, or similared him into a black silhouette. <laughs> I would have been fine with that and at the time. And the, the guy at the uh, rental car store is like, yeah, it's a Cadillac of minivans. <laughs> so, so what? I mean. The yeah, Cadillac of minivans. This was, I mean, it wasn't that early on in minivans. But, yeah, I mean, it, it was like the like the A-pillar, the windshield was incredible. Really, really cool. It was I, cool to be in. It's but. a cool vehicle. Get Shorty. It was Get Shorty. Get Thank Shorty. You. Okay. Yes. Not Get Smart. Okay. So, yeah, it was called Get Shorty. Uh, the um, the windshield wipers were horrifically designed on this. Yep, yeah, those were not obscured at, at all. Not even attempted to not, be obscured. Not rated for autobahn speed. No, they didn't work well at high speed at all. Uh, I think they look cool. They have a lot of pop out windows, which I like. I like pop out windows. 
Yeah, I, everyone, well, I don't know. We, we are not from the rest of the world. The rest of the world hears silhouette and vehicle, they might think of the Lamborghini, but I can guarantee in North America at least. Which one's the better you hear silhouette? silhouette. Well, probably the Lamborghini. Is it really? Well, those are still intact. They just don't run. And these still run, but I, the rear axle isn't I there anymore. I legitimately think they probably have the same 0 to 60 ton. Yeah? <laughs> They're probably just as fast. Probably. They probably... Also, Lamborghinis never at any point in time were performance vehicles. No. Yeah, no. I think that they're both terribly unreliable. None of them are running anymore. Well, the 3.8's still running, but the rear axle's gone, so you yeah. can't drive it. It's running, but not driving. Correct. Whereas, Whereas the, the Lamborghini... is driving, but not running. Correct. Yeah. So, so what I think we have to do is put the 3800 in, in the other the Lamborghini, And then we have a running driving yep. vehicle. And then put the Lamborghini V8 in this, and then it'll just disintegrate. Now, which one... Is the true silhouette? I'm gonna say the minivan. I think the Oldsmobile is. I think I'm gonna have to go with that as well. Jana, what do you think? The minivan or the Lamborghini? I really like the Lamborghini, but uh, this Best van is company. so funny. Yeah, it's a great van. Because like, what car had like just such a significant part of it just rust away? Yeah, that's true. And also, this is like the Windstar before the Windstar. Yeah, they both did the wedge-shaped vehicle and i think this yeah. one can fit at least seven times more women than the lamborghini we owned an actual black and decker dustbuster in the 90s that was this shape <laughs> yeah and it did not have any women in it and nor did this no did it rust i don't know it had nickel cadmium batteries in it so it didn't last long enough to rust oh, no <laughs> yeah remember those chargers that just sort of never stopped pepperidge yeah. farm remembers they're anyway, I think that yes, they cooked the nickel metal hydride. Actually, no, uh, nickel cadmium. Sorry. Also, so, I'm pretty yeah. sure that is a glass roof. It or might be, might. or it could be a targa. Might be a, yeah, like a Vista roof or something. No, it could just be a targa. I don't see another seam at the windshield, so I don't know. Oh yeah, maybe. This is just like GM quality welding here. That's just a, a really gross seam weld. Maybe in Europe they offered like a canvas top rear thing, and this was like I, the I like to seam. think that that's just like a pop up like removable uh, target top. That would be like cool. Like you have in a Supra or something, and that, then it's just a, it's why didn't they do stuff like that? That would have made minivans cooler, faster. It totally would have, a hundred percent. I'm happy that they're cool now. So, all right, I think that the Oldsmobile is the true. I think we've determined that the unanimous consensus. Lamborghini is... lost to the Oldsmobile. As the true the true successor of the name. Oh, that's a lame roof. Balls. Yeah, it, is, <laughs> it is balls. Oh, it does have a lame roof, not even a sunroof. Yeah. God, in the '90s, I would have known that you were the I just, poor. I feel like when you when your vehicle breaks down. Oh man, actually. Shoot, I might have to change my answer because I just think about both of these will break down, and when they break down, when you're in the Oldsmobile, everybody's gonna think that you do meth. Whereas if you break down the Lamborghini... Everyone's got to think you're James May. Yeah, that you're just some weird guy with an old Italian car. Yeah, but nobody's going to talk to an eccentric old Italian car. Nobody's going to talk to a meth addict either. Yeah, so it's, they're on a level playing field, and the notoriety's better with the Oldsmobile. I think the... the yeah, it's, okay, we'll go with the Oldsmobile still. That is fair. Regardless of what happens. Anyway, your turn. Oh my god, sorry. Alright. I actually put this in due to the kind of a lack of 
actual news topics, but this was something that I thought about. I'm not sure if I talked to you. I think it was Scott earlier this week. But I'm like, it came to my mind, like, the first year that a company puts something out and it's just dog shit. And usually it stays bad, but sometimes they fix it. And then it turns into, like, wow, this was actually really good in hindsight. So I've got a list of stuff here. Yeah. I'm going to kind of run down, and it's like, this is one of those things where, like, I would never put it in as a topic, but since we were in conversation, I just started writing it down. That's actually a really good point. Like, so we're talking about cars that started off terribly, and you Mm -hmm. just, all you heard about were just bad stories of them. And they fixed it. And then it actually got fixed, like, for real. Like, for real. And not just like, oh, yeah, well, they updated it, and it's not as bad. It's like, no, this was like, don't buy it. And now, like, do buy it. So I guess like, a, a good example, let's take the first one off your list, would be the the ultimate version of this, which is the yep. Volkswagen 2.5 5-cylinder. That's the second thing on the list. That is the second thing. But that's the one I think most people are going to know. Yeah. Where the first two years of the 5-cylinder Volkswagen, the timing chance to take a shit. Just gone. Yep. Yeah. And they're on the backside of the engine, so you have to remove the transmission to do them. Super easy. Horrible, horrible problem to have if you have, like, a 2006, 2007 Volkswagen Rabbit. But if you just eight forward Volkswagen Rabbit or Jetta, it will outlive time. It will outlive the car by a lot because the cars will rust apart. But the yeah, these later model five cylinders, dude, the people, late two five, yeah, it's people like, put them in the drag racers and stuff. They they hold power. They're a closed deck block. They're absolutely that's what the RS three engine's based on. It's a perfectly balanced engine. It's a five cylinder. Yeah. yeah, it's a great engine. So and anyway. for me to say that, I never say Volkswagen. I will never. The bar is not high for Volkswagen, but like, yeah, I feel like I'm, if the, I'm recommending a VW to somebody, it's going to be a is, Mark that's Six not with just, a manual. That's not just reliable by Volkswagen. That's just reliable by any car standards. Is yes. what that is. Yeah, and can, I do not. I will never give Volkswagen credit. I, I'm the worst person about giving them credit. They probably had somebody else engineered for them. The fix. Probably. Yeah, I was trying a <laughs> Yamaha engine or something. Uh, I'm going to circle back to the first one, which is the Mercedes-Benz M272 V6. So that started in yes. 2005. It's their 3.5 liter like Yeah, they, they had like, E350, more, they like R350. water pumps or something. Just it wasn't water pumps. They have a intermediate shaft that drives yes, from the crank to the cams, and the chain that goes between the crank and the intermediate shaft was just made out of, like, Play-Doh. It was really, really bad. Same thing on the first year of the GL450 engine, mm. but 2008, perfect. No issue. Those, you can just pile miles on those. They last 200,000 plus miles. No problem. So Mercedes fixed that, but again, like that, I would never recommend that you go buy a pre-08, 35, or 46, 47? Uh, yeah. Mercedes, whether well, 272 or 273. But after that, like we had one on our GL. It was like, the thing... Like, no noise, no rattle at 200K. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, it's perfect. Here's another one that you don't actually have on your list, but I'm going to give I'm gonna actually well, give I'll this. I'll add it so I can. Yeah. I will give this car, this company credit, Subaru, the EJ engine. It took them 30 okay. years to figure it out, but they did figure it out. <laughs> that's, that's true. Because Subaru, they take 30 years designing an engine, and they will work out all of the kinks. And finally, like, the 2016, <laughs> 2017 EJ in the STI, perfectly fixed every problem with it of course now we don't put in anything but they did make it good so yeah it, it took until after the fafb yeah but and they did those had problems and like someday those will be good too and they might be now but i don't think they so. might be but i don't, I don't have faith yet but okay. it's like the that's... Subaru. they didn't fix the exhaust noise because that's just part of the ar- architecture of the fitting it into the car it at a reasonable price point difficult listening to those at tx2k but like there are some really fast 
yeah. WRXs. Well, to make them fast, you have to actually fix the exhaust noise because you run an equal-length exhaust manifold and then you just have a normal boxer engine. And that that's what fixes it. Yeah, this, it, wasn't a, it wasn't engine failures, we'll say. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of driveline failures. Yeah, driveline failures. Um, but the engine, the engine works. The engine, yeah, the late EJ205 or 257, I guess, in the STI is, is actually pretty good. Yeah. So, um, first year Fiat 500, I mean tw- early 2012. And this is something Scott sued Fiat for yes. and won because they put Euro control arms, which you could not buy in America, in the first six months of Fiat 500s that were sold here at Barth and Sport and mm. Pop and Lounge, steel, ca- sorry, cast iron control arms. Yeah. Common. From 2008 on, no problem in Europe. Here, can't buy them. And in order to fix a ball joint issue here in America at the time, you had to put in the steel control arms, which are a different geometry, which requires different knuckles and different axles. Oh, my God, no. So you have to do both sides and all of that shit. So anyway, don't necessarily – you can get parts for it now, so I don't even want to, like, poo-poo a 2012 500 because aftermarket stepped in. But the, the original design. At the time, yeah. like, yeah. you were up – a creek like you had to spend eighteen hundred dollars to retrofit all this stuff or you had to order a a mystery arm from europe Mm. from a you know a non-crash tested whatever 500 so that was a really big issue on the 500s that actually didn't ever come to kind of public light which is good because fiat did not need that press and And even then i don't tell people about that those cars are beautiful it's such a weird issue Mm -hmm. so but i mean like that's the thing is like you have one problem and they worked on it, and they fixed it. And that's how faith in Fiat. Um, yeah, that, that's well, a just, very bold they engine. Yeah, it was an issue of like coming to market with a new brand. Because like, the parts existed in the world. They just couldn't get them where it mattered. Yes. Um, next one, back to Mercedes. The M156, so the 63 AMG engine. The first year and a half of those, yeah. the head bolts snap off. Oh, yeah, I heard about that, yeah. Uh, not good. And it's, no. a, it's a big problem because you don't know what's happening necessarily. And, then it, and it starts mixing oil and coolant, and then all of your bearings go away, and then you need a new M50, M156. That's a problem. They're very expensive. That's a very big problem. So if you buy an 08 or an 09 63 anything, specifically an R63 because they're awesome, Make sure that's been done because it's not that hard to do before they fail. You can do the one bolt at a time trick, and it seems to work. Actually, what you can do is you get them not done with super low miles. Yeah, but you have to convince the person that it's a problem, and they'll deny it. Yeah, but if it's on brain trailer and they say they didn't do it, it's like an oh. IMS bearing on a, on a boxer. Like, yeah. Even if it's not a problem, this guy didn't do it, that's going yep. to dock yeah, the your g- total bid. Like, <laughs> it really will. Even, it doesn't that's matter if it's going to happen or not. It to will, get a deal on bring a yeah, trailer. You get a, a Porsche <laughs> with low miles that, needs an, that has not had the IMS bearing done. A uh, 2,000 production or later Porsche. You, uh, actually, you know another example I don't see out here is the E46 3 Series with the rod bearings. That was always an issue. They never fixed it. They never it. fixed that. Nope. Okay. So I wasn't sure. Not only is it not fixed, N55s also have rod bearing issues. <laughs> so it's just always an issue. And apparently N54s do too, but it's mainly from people like screwing JB4 tuners onto their car. Because like the, the detonation just mm. like. Oh, it just smashes the rods. Yeah. Right and the stop starts really bad on them too. So nope, they never fixed that. <laughs> okay. Never mind then. I will not add that one onto the list. BMW, the M60. So their first all alloy for the 90s v8 so it was in the 740 the 540 and the 840 they oh, had the nicosil issue because no. in europe it was fine they had low sulfur fuel but in north america we had regular terrible gas and yeah. it just ate Destroys the compression them. lining yeah. away so those like 92 sorry 93 and 94 straight up avoid 
BMW warrantied like a ton of engines, but there are still some out there. Completely fixed the M60 and 95, and then it turned into the M62 non-Vanos, which is a great engine, ran yeah. through 98, and then every BMW non-MV8 after that has been garbage. Yes. But the M60 got fixed, and it turned into a really great engine. You did not note the Ford flathead. I did not. Why? What's what's the deal with that one? Because the Ford flathead had... Oh, the oiling issues. No, there's the bearings. Oh, the, yeah. They had, like, the melt-in bearings that you'd have to do. Uh, Babbitt. Yeah, the Babbitt-style bearings to normal adult bearings. <laughs> Babbitt bearings are fascinating. Yeah, terrible. Terrible mm-hmm. design. But I guess it worked. For a hit-and-miss implement engine that's spinning at, like, 100 RPM. Works great, okay. but not in a Ford V8. So, and they had oiling issues, too. Yes, they the did. The pans it, weren't baffled. Also, they didn't have an oil filter until the 50s. So if you actually get a 52 or so, like the EBA, or the, the EAB. Uh, or an APA. Yeah, if you, if you get those, they're actually perfectly reasonable engines. Which is why they're worth so much damn money. But if you, ever, never if you want one. to get like a 17, I think it's a 17-bolt head. Uh, yeah, 17 yeah. and 21, I think, are yeah, the two. The se- if you get like the 17-bolt early one, ugh. Good luck. Plus, there's no parts available for it because they just completely changed it. Yeah, they, I mean, like you said, they completely like the, yeah, nothing interchanges. Yeah, nothing interchanges. They look similar. They, they literally but... well, it's just every year that they were designing it, they just did such big changes, and then the post-war engines are actually very reliable. So, I, I really like the APA and the AB. So there you go. So that is one that was not on that list. I got to add, yay. <laughs> Uh, moving on to a non-yay car, but the Lamborghini Gallardo. When those first came out with the five liter, I want to let you know that um, Donut Media did like a T list, or they list all the Lamborghini production cars ever. Yeah, and the Gallardo and the Huracan were there, and they both put those like middle bottom of the list because they're like they're just normal cars. They're boring. They suck. They have aspects that are good, and like the Huracan could have been good. They're worse Audis. That's just they're just Audis. Like the R8 has a way more spacious interior, and it's way earlier on they had the 5.2, so it was actually a reliable car. But yeah, the early Gallardo with the five liter. I know the people that own these will downplay it to eternity, but they shouldn't because it's a big issue. The people that buy these are the people that buy a car just so they can say they own a Lamborghini. Correct. And they they aren't they aren't. They aren't unique enough to get something cool like a Yurako or a Yalpa or they're something shopping, like that. They're shopping, yeah, they're shopping for the cheapest possible, we'll call it modern Lamborghini. Yeah, and they, that, let's be honest, is an 04 Gallardo, which you do not want. They are future Urus owners. Oh, God. That's what they are. I mean, just the anus? Yeah, yeah, the anus. Just uh, garbage. So when those moved to 5.2 liter engines, you could get them with a manual for a couple of years, and those are damn good cars. Speaking of. Lamborghinis. Did you know that the name uh, Uraco okay. actually means little bull? It's pretty cute. I actually like that a lot. Janet, did you hear that? Uh, no, I was making sure Lucy wasn't He's scratching fine. the couch. Um, <laughs> Lamborghini's little baby V8 uh, that they made in the 70s uh, translated to little bull. I love that. Very cute. I just think of the, the owner's little bull. He's, he's just playing with his toy. That's what he's playing with. All right, I'll burn through the rest of this. Uh, this <laughs> is a real oddball, but the Saturn Ion 2.4. What the fuck? Yeah, the first two years of Ion, CVT? the only auto you could get is a GM CVT, and they all broke. In 2006, they retrofitted the 4T45E from like the Grand Am into it, and it's been 
buying. <laughs> also, they were sold with the five-speed Getrag transaxle, which you should definitely buy instead. Uh, another oddball. The Saab. One second. Here's on the Honda 1300, the predecessor to the Accord, which is the Honda, Honda air-cooled. It's a 1.3-liter air-cooled four-cylinder. Was it designed to be air-cooled? Yes. Okay. Uh, they uh, designed it to be like the highest performance engine they could make. So basically okay. made a racing engine out of it. Uh, and it was um, not reliable. Mm. And then Honda spent a lot of money. A lot of money. Real lot of money. Like Volkswagen money mm. from Honda. Mm. When Honda wasn't that big. Uh Making it reliable, and they did. They made it reliable. Oh my god! In, like the 1300s that came to America is like the 147 <laughs> or whatever. Like they were reliable, uh, but they uh, almost made Honda go broke. <laughs> so, oh, so it's the Avon time. Yeah, it's like the Avon time. Yeah, it, it, Honda made it reliable, but it was their last air-cooled car engine, and they're like, yeah, that's, that's strange. It literally, the, like, Citroen Honda said, we're never, <laughs> ever. Ever doing this again? It's weird. It's like every manufacturer that's ever done an air-cooled automobile engine. Has they get to issues. a point and they just go, "All right, we can't anymore." Well, we we're this far. Yeah, <laughs> I think we, we can't do it anymore. Like, Volt, like Porsche, I got to that point even. Yeah, I'm like, All right, we have to water jacket. It, we finally. have to. Like, we let's let's cool the that. heads now too. Yeah. Well, well, now it's just a yeah, it's a water-cooled engine. Oh, this is a water-cooled engine. Yep. Uh, the Saab 900 2.0 turbo, which evolved into the later 2.0s and the 2.3 turbos, which went for like the next decade. Didn't they also have an integrated transmission as well? No. Um, Those or, are the, sorry, the 900. Yeah, the nine nine thousand. The nine thousand. Yeah, 9, 000, the nine thousand and the ninety-nine were the. the it was the 9.3 body, but they had a name for the 9.3 before the yeah. 9.3. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, the 9, 900s, you're right. Yeah. Those have a transmission that's integral to the oil pan and runs on 5W30. Yes. Which is a terrible idea. So anyway, the early 2.0Ts are like 1MZ96 sludge bad. Mm-hmm. Really bad. Yes. Like they, they will plug up and just burn out. But by the end of the run and like the 9.3, the 2.3 turbo and the 9.5, bulletproof. bulletproof. Bad yeah. transmissions, but really great engines. That's very true. Uh, next one, the Mitsubishi 4G63. I'm not picking a car, but I'm picking the engine. engine. Well, because that engine started in 1977 as a single very cam carbureted non-turbo engine. Now you could, mm-hmm. People are saying, wait a minute, that's not a 4G63. That's like a 4G92 or something. No, they had a 4G63 single cam non-turbo carbureted version of that that came in the Gallant Lambda. Then in the Gallant Lambda, they made the dual red cam turbo, which is the one you know. Yep. In the early 80s, that w- expanded which to the Lancer. That's m- why the engine came with turbo. its initial problems, because the Carby non-turbo one could handle the power. Yes, and then you would run into this issue once they started making like the turbocharged ones, stock power, you test drive it for 100,000 miles, it's bulletproof. You get to back 200,000, and the crank starts jiggling around. Weird. Yeah, so they did fix that. And they yes, did, because, yeah, now you can, I mean, like, the the last, before Evo 10, the like, Evo the last 9, Evo 9, Evo 9 4G63, yeah. you can just crank those to eternity, and the engine's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, everything else will break around it, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't. The, don't. the engine will be fine, that's but the why whole I car said will be broken. The engine, not, yeah. not a specific, no, like, the car. Eclipse. <laughs> but what, um, what I do like is that that actually extends to Hyundai as well. So the 90s era Hyundais, mm-hmm. engines outlive the cars all the time. They're extremely reliable. And if you, fun fact, have a, say, Gallant 
VR4 mm -hmm. and you want a cheaper, high-performance cylinder head, you can actually run a Hyundai cylinder head on it. And okay. it actually flows better because it's a different casting. Yep. Yeah, Hyundai fixed some of the issues retroactively. Oh, if we're going to use this engine, we should make it good. Yeah, so because <laughs> Hyundai just kind of took their knockdown kit from the 70s and ran with it. And they actually they did make their own, like the Hyundai dual-red cam, like, 4G, like their beta or whatever they called it. Yeah. Uh, that was actually Hyundai's own architecture. It was just some, with, they shared like connecting like head bolts. And probably but, like, water the fact jackets that, and oil galleys. Yeah, so. but but the thing is like their actual evolution to a dual red cam engine was all Hyundai's own engineering, which happened to be almost identical to Mitsubishi's, just because they were using the same engine to make it work. Yeah. So I that's mean, I interchange still matters too, especially if, if you're Hyundai in the '90s. So. Yeah. So uh, last one on my list, not even a gas car, Tesla P85s. So the signatures, the 2012 cars, okay. they all had main power unit failures, really bad. How? Ba bearings. Oh. Bearings oh. weren't up to the test. Now that performance rear drive unit is making twice the power it did initially, and none of them fail. Lucifer's. I Very know. excited he's, to be playing with this teaser wand. I tell you, he wants the teaser wand. He's a good boy. Sean Michael is the yeah, teaser the, name. The wand is named Sean Michael. I just like seeing an active kitty in the background. That's nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the end of my list of stuff that like started life not reliable, and then to the company's credit, they they fixed it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything, <clears throat> any other glaring vehicles that come to mind. I thought about it a fair bit, but yeah, it's like, the oh. All right, so this is the thing. Yeah. I would put the Mazda Rotary on there. I'm not going to, though, because the RX-8 exists. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, that I might guess have been it, let down by its owners a little bit. But. No, no, that's just the engine. The ah. engines, they can't take anything. I see. Like, you put a turbo on them, they blow up. In the oh, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. Like they, it's not just the owners. It's the the Renesis. Yeah, like, every tuning shop in the world is, like, trying to do stuff when they just couldn't. Well, it's just not possible. So... Just make, just put a 20B in it, call it good. Yeah. Um, so there's the Monster Rotary. I think that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I will let you know if I come up with anything else. You can just add it to the list, and I'll make sure it gets into the yeah. appropriate crevices. Mm, I think we're good on that. However, Excellent. what I do want to talk about, speaking of Japanese vehicles, yes. uh, Subaru and Toyota now both have a version of the... Toyoburu GTBR86Z? Yeah, that one. Uh, because the BRZ, as we knew was released and was shown in America. However, Toyota also showed the 8.6. Mm -hmm. uh, they do look different. They do. So the they've headlights got, are the same. Obviously, they've the, got different bumpers. They have different hoods, different, different bumper. Bumpers. Yeah. I mean, the, the hoods are the same, I think. I think it's just the difference in color and really? lighting. Yeah. Cause it, it, I was going to say, these are like really deep creases. But, but that's also silver, and that's white. I think sure. the photo wa uh, washes it out. If you scroll down a little bit, I bet there's additional photos. There you go. Yeah, it's okay, yeah, yeah, the same hood. Same. Just different front ends. Um, but yeah, they're very similar. Uh, they brought back Toyota Super Red, which is reminiscent to like the A86 MR2 Reds. Uh, pretty cool, I guess. I, I, I like sure it more. Good cars. I do like it more. And a lot of people are complaining about it. They're like, it looks so normal. I'm like, you're right. It does look normal. Good. I don't it's want. It's a very practical manual transmission, lightweight rear wheel drive vehicle. I want it to look normal. So more people buy them. Like, because that's what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be a normal car that's fun to drive. I mean, the first gen one sold fine. I hope this this one does too. Well, they're uh, both cars are powered by the 2.4 liter Subaru engine. Mm -hmm. uh, output is specified at 232 horsepower, 184 pound-feet of torque. However, apparently some people say that the BRZ is going to have 228 horsepower, but 
that's apparently not accurate. It might not be they true. They have to have the same true. tune. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's really cool. I'm really excited to see it. I I like this body style way more. It looks so much better. Is this lighter than the first gen? 2,800 pounds? I think I thought, I thought the first gen was like 29 something. The current base model of the 8.6 is 2,776. Okay. They're trying to keep them around 2,800 pounds. That's pretty good. So I thought both these like were 3,000 on the first gen, so that's nice. No, I, th- I think like fully loaded if you get every single bell and whistle on the, the BRZ, it can like touch three. But I mean, like, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty happy about it. I'm not mad at all. No, I mean, it's, I, I wish I was more enthusiastic about these because I should be. It's a really big deal that these it's the exist. Engine. It just gets me. I yeah. just know that they had so many problems with the first gen. The FA20 had some issues. Um, and the FB24, I'm not sure if that's going to be better. Because, I mean, I assume it's still going to have the same front timing I'm case. I'm sure it'll be better, but, but it's I'm also sure. it's not 2030 yet. Like, Subaru, yeah, Subaru has probably revised that part number like five or ten times already. But I also, I'm, I, I think I like the rear end more of the Subaru. I think so too, but it's hard to tell with the colors. Yeah, I think I like the Subaru. The grill is much better on the Toyota in the front, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I do like the grill on the Toyota. I'd go with the Toyota, actually, yeah. I may go with the Toyota. See, that the angle, Toyota. the rear on the Toyota looks okay. Yeah, I like the rear. They also have a heck Blender. Do they? On the Toyota? Oh, kind of, yeah. It's a little line that runs at the top. But the it counts. It's a racetrack lighting like a Durango. It, it's The thing is, I'm happy that they're coming back, and they should just yep. do an entire bar of taillights on all cars. All no, cars they shouldn't. No. but I, I can't I'm, think of a car that looks, wor- that looks worse with a heck motive. Stuff that it just doesn't fit on. I just can't think of most one. cars. That's fine. I can't think of one, because every, every car I think of that looks like way better. That's just like saying, new survey points to the fact that drinking coffee chocolate will improve your... <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> Kitty was going for it. Yeah, um, he wants to improves your heart health or something like that. You can always find data to support your claim. Yes, but... I can. You're right. I'm very good at finding my own data to support my own claim. But all hey, right. Buddy. I think that is a high point to end on before we find any depressing news to talk about. Sounds so good. Let's I, go corral the cat and we'll see you guys yes. next week. Bye. Bye.